This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Space Waffles. I am your host, Arzu, and with me are my fellow Waffles, Candace. Hey. And Brie. Hi. And today we are very excited because we are talking about Star Wars Visions, the new anime series that just hit Disney Plus this past week. So let's let's dive right into it. Initial thoughts on Visions before we go into more detail. I absolutely loved it. Oh, Bucky loved it too. Bucky really loved it. Because this is right up your alley, Brie. Like this is like Star Wars anime. Oh, like no better way to get me interested in <laughs> Star Wars anything if you just go anime. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. <laughs> this is actually Bree's first appearance on Space Waffles. Second. Yeah. Second? They were here for they were here for the Clone Wars. So if we want Brie on Oh, I forgot. Space Waffles, we have to do anime style anime style content if we I want Brie that- anywhere near this show. I thought the Clone Wars was part of Geeky Waffle when I forced them to watch all the Star Wars. No, it was um, the, it was the no, 2D because no. they still haven't watched the 3D Clone Wars, which we are going to pressure them no. into doing. I I am going to watch it because I made I made that promise several times. <laughs> so. It's recorded. It's we've recorded. got it here for posterity for the new year, Brie. This is your goal. This is my goal. And and then I'll watch Rebels and I'll 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 go into a deep dive. Good because I really want to rewatch them, but I'm saving them for when we do it. Yeah, rewatching. Well, okay, Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance. If we watch it, it together, that's how you get me to do things. Okay, you know we'll this. do it. There okay. you go. You okay, all heard so, it here. This is what we're doing. Yes, yeah. but today we are talking about visions. And yes. Candace, what did you think? It was incredible. I love that they let each studio do their thing and just run with it. I, yeah. I agree. I thought I was going to hate it. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know why, but I thought, like, you know, they're going, maybe we'll get a second season. I'm like, I don't know if I want a second season. Completely sight unseen. I decided I didn't want a second season. And then I watched it and I loved it. So I, I didn't know it was anthology style. I didn't know it was different shorts. I thought it was one consecutive anime show. Brie, so how I, long did it take you to realize it wasn't just after the one episode? Okay, after, <laughs> it's, such I, a, I it's such a change from the first to second episode. Oh, I know. Well, I mean, first the jewel, you have this old school black and white, like Japanese anime style, which you don't really see much nowadays. And then it goes into the second one. I'm like, am I watching Soul Eater? What's going on? <laughs> like, what's happening here? Okay, and, so and then I, have- I realized. I have one question before we, because we're, we're going to jump right into it. We're going to go short by short, but I do have one question. Did you both watch it dubbed, subbed, or both? I watched it dubbed. Candace? I watched it dubbed also because. Okay. I also watched I wanted it to focus on the animation. Yeah. Okay. The subtitles. Yeah. But I do want to watch it in sub now that I actually know. I didn't know what. I didn't know. No, I'm, I'm the same. I watched it dubbed for this, and then I do intend on watching it subbed, just to sort of, now that I know what's going on. All right, so let's dive right into it. So the first short is The Duel by Kamikaze Duga, that's the studio, and because we watched it dubbed, the voice cast includes Brian T. as the Ronin and Lucy Liu as the bandit leader, aka the badass Sith lady. So the basic premise of this short as a reminder, is the Ronin is a wanderer who arrives in a village and he duels the evil Sith Lady to protect the villagers. And in an interesting twist, both of them have red lightsabers. So they are both aligned with the Sith. So as a disclosure before before we move on. So this one is the short that spun off into the novel Ronin, which is going to be out on October 12th. And our review will be up on thegeekywolf.com tomorrow. So be sure to come back and check that. Yeah, so let's just dive right into the duel. So thoughts on this one, on the animation style, on the story? I want an umbrella lightsaber. <laughs> okay, but the I'm- way the Sith Lady, like, uses it, like, I saw somebody compare it to, like, one of the Apple core, like, Apple coring oh, tools, oh, the way God. she stabs the guy. I mean, but it, it's efficient. Got the job done. I love her animation style, by the way. 
for the symphony or just overall well overall like i was saying before it's that old school like japanese style anime which again you don't really see it's it looks like a manga to me you know like coming to life and she looked amazing though just like the way her eyes just pierced you i don't know it was i was like well she's badass you know what i mean yeah um but i love the idea of a sith hunting down others even it's for his own gain and because i'm not really sure if he's more of like a deadpool where it's like that anti-hero yeah character well, if you're interested in this, like, this is where the novel Ronin comes in. And I don't want to say too, too much just yet. Yeah. But, the, like, it really dives into him and to her a little bit. So that, if you're interested in these characters, then the novel Ronin is definitely the way to go. Nice. So I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But I recall from the trailer when they were setting all this up that this is the one that sort of kicked off with, like, a shot from, like, Kurosawa movies. So this really felt... Like, they were really pulling in from that vibe that sort of inspired Star Wars to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I think it's appropriate that Visions as a series kicks off with this one, if you're watching it in programming order, that it, that it like, kicks off with this short. I thought that was a good Especially choice. Especially after, like, The Mandalorian Season 2 really, like, straight up, like, paid homage with that, mm-hmm. with the Jedi episode. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I really enjoyed with the duel was their use of like color within the animation styles. They only used color for artificial lighting. Yeah. So like kyber crystals and electricity and I guess electricity is not artificial lighting. You know what I mean? And like, like string lights and things like that. And it was really like drawing your eye to the color every single time. And I thought that was a great choice and like not something I don't think I've ever seen before. So well, I think they went in to put an emphasis on color because, especially when he pulls out, mm-hmm. is your eyes immediately go to it and you're just like, ooh, okay. Now, I was going to say, it's sort of a new take on, like, what a Sith can be because we're so used to seeing Sith as, like, the villain and, like, red lightsaber equals bad. Like, even, the, like, a holiday special that came out last year, it's like, yeah, attack guys with the red lightsabers and that's the end of it. But this is, like, he's the hero. He's saving the town and he's also got a red lightsaber. But you could also argue, is he like, is this people can do heroic things for the wrong reason, but I haven't read the novel yet. So I don't yeah, that's know. like, that's, yeah, that's, that's why I wrote down a little further. Sith hunting down others, even if it was for his own gain, because, you know, he had the collection. Yeah. Of the, of the red crystals. Oh, sorry. sorry. They're called kyber crystals. Kyber crystals. Yes, this is more Get technical. Get your lingo down. Oh, I need to. What baby you... steps, Candace? Baby steps. Home warrants. He will learn a lot about kyber crystals and how you get them. <laughs> and then once I get you to play Jedi Fallen Order, you'll learn about it there. That's um, free. Play Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> oh, that's. I mean, that was recommended to me to play on Twitch, wasn't that one? I think Very so. possible. Probably should. Yeah. So we're gonna. We're going to dive into this a lot more, like, at the end, like, after we talk about all the shorts. But if you had to, like, sort of pinpoint a time period for this short, presuming this all happens in the same timeline, I know there's the canon, not canon conversation. We're going to have that conversation. But if you had to put this in a time period, where would you place this within the larger story? This is what I was going to ask you guys. I don't know. Um... I feel like it's either way before anybody named Skywalker ever graced the galaxy or it's like hundreds of years later. Yeah. It's separated by centuries either way. I was thinking he was one of the first Sith people, but then again, I don't really know when Sith Sith was a thing. I have theories. It's either centuries before the saga or centuries after. But that's my thought. And I wondered what the two of you thought. Because Palpatine wasn't the first Sith guy, right? No. No. Exactly. So it was before that. Yeah. There have been Sith for a while. Thousands of years. Like, as long as they were Jedi, they were Sith. Because you must have that balance in the Force. And they say it in the Phantom Menace. Like, we haven't had Sith in centuries. So, like, they've had them before. That's, okay, that's right. So, yeah, I would agree with you that it's, like, kind of the beginning. That's that's where I felt it. Or it could be in a corner of the galaxy that is so far off that, you know... Mm. All right, so any final thoughts on the duel? It's a great opener. Beautifully done. 
Did the music give anybody else Duel of the Fates vibes with the vocalizing? Oh. Was yeah. that just me? And they had the drums. Oh gosh, my father. I was watching it with my father and he was like, those are Indian drums. And I was like, okay, <laughs> dad. <laughs> All right. So the second short, in pro- we're going in programming order. The second short is Tattooing Rhapsody. So this is by Studio Colorado. And the English language voice cast includes Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jay, Bobby Moynihan as G. We have Mark Thompson as Lan, Shelby Young as K, and making his return to the character of Boba Fett, we have Tamora Morrison playing Boba Fett, which was fantastic. So this one is about a rock band, seen kids in the galaxy far, far away, who find their band um, disbanded, I guess, after G, one of their members, is taken by Boba Fett to Jabba the Hutt. And this is like, I've heard people call this like chibi Boba Fett, like that's the he style. Just like a chibi. It's yeah. so cute. This one, yeah. like after the intensity of the duel, this one is so cute. It is. And like I said before, Jay specifically reminds me of the animation style of Soul Eater. Um, which is really cool. I, I don't know. Have you you guys you guys have never no. seen it? No, but it did remind me a lot of like I didn't watch a lot of anime as a kid, but you know, it was on like rotation on the car on the cartoon channels. And this mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of like the stuff we used to see a lot as a kid. Like so very nineties. Yeah. Very nineties anime. And it was like really nostalgic in that way, at least for me. Yeah, it was just fun. It wasn't I wasn't particularly like it wasn't like my favorite out of the the nine episodes but it was fun like it was just a good time like these like rock and roll rebels and like jay standing up to to java hut he's like be our sponsor <laughs> <laughs> like he's or- got this idea to save his friend he's like here java here's how this is gonna work for your benefit you're gonna give us money and Jabba yeah. Hutt's like okay but I loved how, like, at the end, like, Jabba's tail was, like, swaying to the beat. And then, like, even Boba Fett, it's, like, you know, not in his helmet. Because the song slaps. Like, how could it you does not? Slap. This one was interesting because we see that Jay used to be a Jedi Padawan. And he's, like, that much older when he's in the band. Which means this is very shortly post-66. And this was a thought I had, like, after watching it. That Boba is probably, like, 18. I know he sounds like 60-year-old tomorrow, Morrison, but he's, like, 18. (laughs) So, of course, he's bobbing along. It's an 18-year-old guy at a scene concert. True. All right. So, any final thoughts? I know Tattooing Rhapsody, this was, like, really short. It was a lot of fun. It was, like, a nice palate cleanser after the intense one going into another intense one. Any final thoughts? I actually watched this one first because I heard Boba Fett was in it. And now I'm, like, a (laughs) Boba Fett, like, fan Damn you, Tamara, Tamara Morrison and oh, Robert Rodriguez. first? <laughs> yeah, because I needed my Boba Fett. Oh, interesting. Okay. You Boba Fix, I guess. Yeah. So the third short is called The Twins. And this is one of the ones that was like highly hyped and I guess talked about before, before oh. the series dropped. So this one's by Trigger Studios. And it stars in English Neil Patrick Harris as Kare and Alison Brie as Am. And they are twins who were created by the power of the dark side in order to bring order to the galaxy. So they are both ostensibly raised on the dark side. And they, between the two of them, can power this crystal in a Gemini-class star destroyer to completely level planets. So one way or another, the dark side is constantly coming up with tech to level a planet because it's all they do. Very creative. Neither of them knows why they were created, but Kare realizes that this is not what he wants, and he chooses to turn to the light, and the two of them, they duel. They have it out for each other. Um, Would you say they were born in the darkness? (laughs) It felt like a kid's, like, it reminded me of the anime I would watch as a kid. Very, like, dramatic. Mm -hmm. Very action-packed. A lot of colors. So it was really fun, and I was like, when he said, when she's like, where are you going to go? And he's like, to a galaxy far, far away. I was like, he said the thing. (laughs) This one, yeah, this one had a lot, like, first of all, had a lot of dialogue. And then it also had a lot of wink, wink references, like, to the meta text of it all. I thought it was cute. I did, like, was it a little bit jarring? The galaxy far, far away was. But there were a lot of, like, I think references visually 
to other Star Wars, like them cutting through a Star Destroyer in hyperspace. I'm like, oh, they hold them maneuvered it. And like the the lightning battles. So clearly both of the twins are Palpatines because apparently only Palpatines can shoot lightning from their hands. So now we know. Well, it would make sense he would create more than just one clone to be. I was I was kidding. I don't want them to be Palpatine. <laughs> well, who knows what JJ That was did just the first the whole dry thought. The first dry thought I had, I'm like, oh, they're Palpatines because they're shooting lightning and only Palpatines shoot lightning. So um, Dooku's a Palpatine as well. In like Force Unleashed, which I know isn't canon anymore, but Starkiller could shoot lightning. P- Dooku can shoot lightning. Like shooting lightning doesn't mean you're a Palpatine. I want to say when I first started writing this, because I just wrote like, like my thoughts down as they came. And when Master Anne was speaking, I put, I really love evil females and then Kare came out and did his whole like stopping thing. And I said, but I love her brother more <laughs> right away. And then he took off his helmet, Gojo eyes. He has them. I was all for him. Um, and then I was wondering how he could breathe in space. This was my question. Not only can the two of them breathe in space with absolutely no problem, but I did think it was funny that the droid that comes to save Master Am at the end does have a helmet on for yes. his non-existent lungs. But neither of them needed one. I literally wrote this. The robot needs a helmet to breathe, but Am does it? So the twins ends on a bit of a cliffhanger with Kare wanting to know why they were created. And I don't know why, but this whole sort of we were created to bring peace to the galaxy made me think that this might actually be set like way post episode nine, like not super, super far, like maybe like a century away. Cause it doesn't look that different, but I wondered what your thoughts on that were for both of you. Like, does this feel like a post nine thing? Vaguely. Like I know these aren't Canon quote unquote, but if we had to, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to situate myself in a timeline. I thought it was, Oh, I felt like it was between six and seven. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The OT and the, Interesting. You don't think anyone would have cre- like created twins to bring down like the new generation? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. That's what I thought. Like to bring down the new like the yeah, new I thought new like the new new, the new new. Because they didn't defeat the they didn't defeat the first order in episode nine. So Mm-mm. there's oh, okay. still people. To yeah, take it could down. be. It could be anyway. I don't know. I, it could honestly. It could be. It could, this could be like. Pre prequels, probably now. I did. This, could, this would be happening in the original trilogy, just off to the side. Palpatine's got like 10 other <laughs> right off screen going on cooking. Oh. Yeah. Because we all know Palpatine's just got kids all over the place. So <laughs> I, I would want a full movie of these two, though. I just want them to explain how they can breathe in space. Like, are they themselves robots? Like, I don't know. Although, this is the one where. Listen, there was a lot of really cool lightsaber tech. This is the one where she's got a lightsaber heel, right? No, I believe you are talking about the village bride. The village bride, she's got like the fast shoes. Oh, wait, am I getting them confused? Maybe. This is like, she's got a lightsaber heel, right? Yeah, yeah. This is, oh, yeah, this okay. is the one. And I was, okay, got it. Sorry. Right. Yeah. So like just little things like that, like I think are so well suited to the animation medium because you can't do things like that in live action. So especially right. if you're going to go wild and be like, none of this is canon. It's like her high heels are lightsabers. And it's like, why not? It'd be really cool to have those. It would. I did write down her heels are amazing in all caps in my notes. So speaking of super cool shoes, we have the next short, which is The Village Bride by Kinema Citrus. And the voice cast for this one includes Karen Fukuhara as F, Carrie Hiroyuki Yagawa as Vaughn. Nicole Sakura as Haru and Christopher Sean making his return to Star Wars as Asu. So this one was one of my favorites. I don't know about two of you, but it's about this, um, this Jedi who is on a distant planet observing a wedding ceremony between Haru and Asu. And the whole wedding is kind of tinged with sadness because Haru has volunteered to give herself as collateral to this group of raiders so they leave her village alone so the whole wedding as her sister puts later is full of mourning because like the wedding is their last day together and it's sort of about this jedi coming to terms with her own loss the loss of her master and 
sort of learning to to move on beyond that as well as the village kind of fighting off the raiders yeah so what were your thoughts on this because i've got some feelings so it reminded me of a lot of animes i watch like the style it's gorgeous the music was a plus in my books like oh the music was right beautiful away. for this oh, one loved it um the animation again just so beautiful i i love how expressive like like haru's eyes are like everyone's eyes i just love it was riddled to sadness but oh my gosh when she revealed herself at the end with that whole fight and oh her super God, cool so shoes to let her go super fast yes and i was like dude she is badass her heels are amazing all caps i i'm so invested in her story in particular like with I want, yeah i want more of her backstory i want i want to know who she is where she's going she was i i was so excited when watching where she it. got her shoes yeah yes. i want them yeah, it was great. I also have my note that um, she got a Kylo Ren moment with stopping the blaster, which yes. is yes. always very cool. Always good. Always valued. I liked that. Um, so on this planet, they are super connected to nature and to the environment around them and something they call the Majina. And it made me think of the Legends of Luke Skywalker book in particular because it's like it visits a couple of these outer what's the word? A couple of these outer rim worlds where they have sort of their own connection to like the force, but they don't call it the force and they don't engage with it the way the Jedi do. And it sort of made me think that this might be something along the same lines, because F sort of half engages with the force and half engages with the Majina, and it kind of comes together for her right at the end. So I thought that was like a really beautiful way to be like, not everybody engages with this power i guess in the same way like to them it's not a thing to be wielded it's a thing to live in conjunction with mm -hmm. and i liked that i also liked that for once in star wars we have a love story that ends well yeah yeah what are you talking okay. anakin and padme they're happy right that ended so well <laughs> so so well even yeah. Brie knows. No, I'm <laughs> I know. I'm well, like, Brie's seen all the movies. I have. I know. Well, I was just, I like to tease Brie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. So, any final thoughts on The Village Bride? I just want more. More of yeah, this story in particular? Well, I, I feel like this, like that particular village has wrapped up. Um, but what's her name again? Because I, F, right? Yeah. I want more of her. I, I I just want more of her in general. I love that animation style. So I, I I don't know. Like I would love a series, like even a mini series, just based off of her. I think that's a good sign when they put out all of these one-off stories and they are like self-contained enough that they work as like a fifteen to twenty-minute short. But then you want so much more from it. You're not like, okay, that's done. That's enough. And this is me saying it. I don't I don't say this a lot. <laughs> All right, so the next short, which is also the longest in the series, is The Ninth Jedi by Production IG. And the cast for this one includes Kimiko Glenn as Kara, Simu Liu as Jima, Andrew Kishino as uh, Juro, and Masioka as Ethan, which I knew I recognized him the second he started talking. I'm like, I know this guy. This one, I think, was the most chilling for me because they're like, the Jedi Order has been gone for generations which means we are hundreds and hundreds of years post episode nine if we are operating on the same timeline. It's like chilling how far away we are. And Margrave Duro is interested in rebuilding the order and commissions a sabersmith to make lightsabers, um, attempting to unite the remaining Jedi. His attempts are foiled when the Jedi are all replaced by Sith, who hunted them down. So Kara and Ethan, who is actually a Jedi, help bring all this to an end so i wondered what your thoughts were because i like in particular really like the concept of what they did with lightsabers in this short oh i just want to say like this is a production company who did like ghosts in the shell right and something i was reading in interviews too was they this was like two stories that lucasfilm was like why don't you combine them because they work so well i'm guessing one of them was the the daughter and father making the daughter and father and the jedi the Margrave stuff and they put it all yes. together. 
And it works so well. It felt like a feature film to me. Like honestly, yeah. this one felt the most cinematic. I think. Yeah. I I was gonna say because I know Ghost in the Shell that they did, but it also kind of reminded me if Studio Ghibli did Star Wars. Like it kind of had that feeling to it as well. Um, mm-hmm. which I know it's totally different studios, but just um kind of there's a quirkiness in the animation style that I love, like the robot drinking the oil out of the teapot and everything like that. Like it just reminded me something that Studio Ghibli might do as well. I said, um, this is definitely better than Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> just like bracing that, that every episode. Yeah. And then I put in all caps, Kara is amazing. I want more of this. Does she save her father? I sort of assumed he was dead, but then by the end, by the end, he might not be. I like what I really liked about it was the sort of new take they had on kyber crystals. Cause we all, we sort of know like generally with kyber crystals that in order for a Sith to get a red blade, you have to like bleed the crystal and you have to corrupt it and then you have to purify it to make it not red anymore. But these ones seem to like change based on the person's vibe. It's like instant. We see, like, in the Ahsoka novel, like, Ahsoka really has to work for it. Yeah, exactly. It's not, like, an instantaneous thing. Yeah, she's like, "Uh, don't be evil anymore. No, and she's like, that's the use of force. Ahsoka loses her lightsaber. Well, she leaves her lightsabers behind to show that she's dead, Brie. So she's, like, a Jedi on the run without lightsabers. She gets, like, she keeps getting run. She keeps being followed by the Inquisitors. And yeah, they're like mm-hmm. Jedi capture people. Like bounty hunters <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, but they work for the Empire, like straight up. Like a lot of them are former uh Padawans and apprentices. She takes lightsabers from one of the Inquisitors and they're red. And she's like, they're also evil, you know. And so she, like, she has to work to decorrupt. Kyber crystal. Yeah, yeah, you like heal a kyber crystal to make because it not they make red it anymore. Bleed. That's why it's red. They Got make it. it. Bleed. So and, yeah, for this one, it kind of reminded me of, in a way, Thor's hammer. Like if you're worthy, it would instantly turn blue. Or whatever. are you saying Ahsoka isn't worthy? Because those are fighting words. No, I was saying for <laughs> this particular <laughs> animation. I'm giving you a this, I know, but I wanted to make myself clear. No, for the ninth Jedi, it just seemed like instantly the crystals knew they weren't worthy if yeah. you will. And it was a really cool moment. When yeah. Kara's like... Yeah. I do, I do like that Kara... When she takes off on her speeder to go to her dad, like somebody isolated it on Twitter. And if I can find it, I'll link it below. But somebody like they do use elements of race theme, which I really appreciate. Like that sort of same scavenger vibe. And like, am Mm -hmm. I a Jedi? Am I worthy of this? And then she realizes that she is. And like they they do have quite a bit in common. So I like that little callback to my girl. Well, that's fine. That's fine that you like this better. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed, I think they did kind of the unknown Jedi very well. Like calling back to those unknown heroes who take control to save something. Like when the all call to adventure lost. kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I really enjoyed. It wasn't like it was connected to... A Palpatine? Yeah, you know who. One thing I really liked was with the... With the kyber crystal, I'm going to call it tech, even though I know it's not quite tech. But with the kyber crystal tech, one thing I like is like how connected the Jedi slash Sith were to these crystals. Where like that one towards the end where he is with the Sith. And then when he realizes sort of halfway through that he's made a mistake, his crystal starts to change. And it goes from red to purple. Like in that moment, because like all it takes is that one split second decision to choose better and to choose to be a better person. Mm-hmm. That, that like I, I appreciate that they acknowledge that you know choosing to be better is a longer choice yes but in that moment like your actions do matter 
Yeah, I love that. And I like that they chose purple because I thought that was a good callback to Samuel L. Jackson's purple lightsaber. Yes, it was. And it's like, it's halfway between red and blue. Yeah, and also that Mace's use of the Force is very offensive versus defensive. So he like toes that line. He's one of the good examples of that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I just really like the moment too where Kara's, because I do like that like Kara using a lightsaber prior to it sort of choosing a color for her and i think it was green it came out green but um like i do like that it was sort of this like invisible blade beforehand Mm -hmm. because we haven't really seen anything like that and i like that this is sort of pushing that new sort of because you can't really do that in live action like this invisible blade because they'd be like what are you doing true it was beautiful i really loved it all right so final thoughts on the ninth jedi it was great. It was one of my favorites. Yeah, same. All right. So our next short is T.O.B. One by Science Saru. And this one has Jaden Waldman as T.O.B. One and Kyle Chandler as Professor Mataka. So this one is, I in my notes, I have big Pinocchio vibes just written right at the top. Uh, it's about this droid T.O.B. One who lives with Professor Mataka, who is trying to bring life to a barren planet. But T.O.B. One wants to be a Jedi. So the professor tells him that if that's what he really wants, then he has to find a kyber crystal in order to make his lightsaber and be a Jedi. And there's only one kyber crystal on the planet, which it turns out belongs to the professor. So <laughs> the use of an Inquisitor in this one makes me think it's like post-Order 66. Like, like Brie was saying, like, somewhere on the outskirts of the galaxy, like, way out of the way. But this one, like, I don't mean to sound rude, but it was, like, one of my least favorite of them. But I wondered what you, like, not, like, splitting hairs, because I liked all of them. I really did. But I wondered what your thoughts were. I put this as, like, the door of the Explorer Star Wars episode. <laughs> like, no, nothing, like, bad, but it, it felt, like, more children, like, childish, but I said, I think kids would like this one. It would teach the importance of responsibility through that cute little robot droid uh, fighting for what's right. It's okay to be scared. Um, the only question I really had was at the beginning when he was playing Jedi with all the other smaller droids, I said, were they playing the Anakin scene where he kids all the kids? No. I know it wasn't, but it looked no. like that at first. Candace is going to kill me. Candace, what were your thoughts on T.O.B. 1? It was cute. It was cute and... I will say... Oh, I, I was thinking... Oh, I was thinking it was, like, inspired by, like, Astro Boy. Oh, that's what oh. he looks like. That's what he reminded me of. Good. That's like, good. What does he look like? No, you're right. Yeah. I knew an anime before y'all. Before Bray. <laughs> I don't know anything I, about anime. It's not hard to know I, more than I, I don't really it. know Astro Boy, to be quite honest. I honestly know only Astro Boy from pop culture references about him. The one scene I really did like in this one, because like I thought the the sort of sketches on the walls, which like that that stuff was all really cool with like allusions beyond visions, like to other Star Wars stories. But w- the one thing I thought was really cool and really moving was the was his knighting scene because I remember seeing the name of the short and it was like T.O.B. one. And I'm like, so Toby, cause it looks like Toby to me. And then they like his master knights him as like Toby, a Jedi knight. And I'm like, okay, that was like, that was really cute. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I like the sort of, like you said, Brie, like that sort of like the, the lesson component of it, of like him realizing the importance of patience. Like you can't rush off and be a hero. Like, everything kind of matters so him bringing life to the planet first and then choosing to then go off on an adventure i and thought look, was really, if only really anakin had learned patience what a concept anakin skywalker a patient human final thoughts on tob1 cute i i think definitely for kids like it it felt like you know something kids would enjoy All right, so the next short is The Elder, and this one's by Trigger. And the cast includes Jordan Fisher as Dan, David Harbour as Master Tejin, and James Hong as the old man. 
And I feel the need to say before we go on, because this one's a fairly quiet one about Dan and his master investigating a disturbance, which turns out it might be an old Sith. But I just want to relate this little story that I texted our friend Hannah and I told her when you're when you're finished visions, let me know, because I have a thirsty comment to make and I don't want to spoil it. And then she gets to this short. She is one minute in and texts me and goes, it's Master Tijian, isn't it? And I'm like, I hate that I am this predictable. But yes. Okay. This is a beautiful man with beautiful hair. And I just wanted to put that out there. Well, so. I know who you're going to like in an anime. Cause I, I, the first <laughs> one I had was comparing him to one. To who, to who Brie, you need to tell me. Uh, Azawa in my hero academia. You're really determined to get me to watch my hair. My hair. Yeah, academia. I, well, I'll show you pictures at some point. I know, but you keep saying all this stuff about my hero academia. I feel like at some point I'm just going to cave and watch it. You will. It's fine. I'll get you to. All right. So thoughts on the elder, other than how beautiful master Tijin is. I'm shocked, shocked by your comments. I say, <laughs> um, I really loved like the short lightsabers and like they were different. Again, they're mm -hmm. showing they really creativity. Like I was like, oh, I thought the helicopter lightsaber was like the weirdest thing we were gonna get in Star Wars and Rebels. You know, but, no, we <laughs> yeah, have the some... Inquisitors with their helicopter sabers. Free, <laughs> just you wait, just you wait till you get to that. But yeah, no, it it was quiet in a way, but it was still epic. If that makes sense. hundred mm -hmm. percent. I actually like how quiet the elder was. Cause at first I was just like, okay, that was like a moment in time kind of thing. But on reflection, I sort of like that it like, if I had to describe it in a word, it's gentle because it's not about this grand lesson of good or evil or whatever. It's just about the passage of time and like how time will wear down the good. It'll wear down the evil. Like master Jane tells Dan that like, the only reason the Sith was beatable at all is because time had worn him down and had made him an old man. And he's like, well, time's going to do that to me too. And then you're going to rise to be far stronger than I am, even though I'm stronger than you are right now. And it was just such a gentle, like sincere lesson. And like, like you said, Candace, like the whole episode is so quiet, but I think the coming right not right in the middle, it's towards the end, but coming sort of towards the end of this season, I think it was like a nice breather before we go into two fair, like into a fairly action-packed episode next. So I like appreciated that. I really like this one. I love the animation style once again. Mm -hmm. uh, felt really familiar to me. I thought Dan was going to die. Oh, me too. I, I thought I thought I just watched this kid die. Yeah, and I, my face... I think my jaw dropped to the floor, even though I knew it was coming because they were setting it up so much to where I was like, this old man is this old crazy Sith dude who's clearly been living alone in isolation and just wants to kill the strongest people. Like, he's insane. I knew he was going to die, but it still shocked me. And I think it's but because of die. those. I know, I know. I was so happy. Final thoughts? Just another great one. Great. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Where, where do you guys feel like this is in the timeline, though? Where I think maybe High Republic era. Like, pre the books. Where do the books go? So, sorry. The High Republic is... The Light of the Jedi is set 250 years prior to The Phantom Menace. So, I think, if I had to guess, that this was set before that. Oh, so pre-Phantom Menace. Yeah, like way, like 300 years before the Phantom Menace. Because once the High Republic books kick in, then they have all these threats with the Nile and the Drangir and there's all this going on. And I feel like Dan and Master Tijin would be like involved in all that. So that's why I think it's like before all of that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. So on to the second last one, La Pinocho, which I really like because... Ocho is eight in Spanish, and this was the eighth episode. And I don't know if that was intentional, but I enjoyed that. Um, so this one is starring Anna Cathcart as Lop, Hiromi James as Ocho, and Paul Nahuchi as Yasuboro, so as their as their father. So Lop is adopted by the Yasuboro family, and Ocho is her adopted sister. So the Empire has taken over their world of Tao, and their father has a problem with it. Lop has a problem with it. Ocho's like, this is fine and necessary. So it's really like a conflict between the two sisters. 
with Ocho on the side of the Empire and Lop on the side of her family, wielding this lightsaber that has been passed down through generations and has now ended up with her. So I know a lot of people kind of have really strong feelings about this one, about its comments on legacy. And I have, I have some feelings that, you know, I have strong feelings about this, but I wondered what your thoughts were on this one. Right away. I adored the bunny girl Lop. I, I loved her. I love her so much. Uh, I love the animation style as well. I thought it was beautifully done. Uh, I said I love how Ocho basically kidnapped the homeless bunny girl at the beginning yeah. of the movie. I mean, she did. <laughs> You're my sister like, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I said found family is a great Star Wars trope. I just really enjoyed it. And then I put, wow, Lop is more loyal than Ocho. Oh, wow. She cut her hair. That was a very significant part to me when Ocho yeah. cut her hair. I... Japanese and Japan that set, signals the end of an era yeah. for their life. And that would happen like when like samurai, because they would have a helmet for like soldiers. And then if they cut the top knot, the, so the helmet wouldn't like support it. So that would mean that like their life as a warrior is over. That part was so surreal to me. And then I, I thought it was beautiful that um, their father, yeah, Yasaburo, yeah, apologized to Lop. Mm -hmm. I thought that moment was so important. And just his apology. And then giving her uh, the sword, which is super cool. The whole, like, backstory with, we get this new visualization of, like, the rebel starboard, which I really liked. So the whole backstory of like their family and him giving her the sword and all that. I really, really liked. I thought that was really cool. Candace, what did you think? Yeah. And I got really emotional when like she's saying like, Oh, she's not really my sister. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why are you being so mean? Okay. I cried in this one. I, <laughs> I literally cried during this episode. Um, but I did think Ocho made for a badass looking villain. She bit her thumb to do... Oh. Okay, that was intense. Her biting her thumb to do her own eyeliner. And first of all, yeah. okay. First of all, that was just weirdly intense. Second of all, the perfect wingtip. I'm like, oh, chill. Not even without a mirror. Without, without a mirror. A mirror without I, a how many times were you in your bedroom biting your thumb and just practicing that wingtip that you could just get it right on the fly? It's anime. She doesn't need to practice. It's just magic. It's the magic of anime. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's honestly the magic of anime villains. I loved it though. I don't. I want. I said. I. I need more of this. Of the of their. I. I want more of their story. I think on a cliffhanger. Well, they all end on cliffhangers if you think yeah. about it. But what I liked about this one because we don't generally get sister versus sister in Star Wars. Like we have Satine and Bo-Katan to an extent, but even then, like they're kind of. It's a little more ambiguous. They're not like directly in conflict with each other. It's more like opposing concepts. But it's like political. It was more Aaron Burr and Hamilton. Yeah, it's political. It's not personal. But this <laughs> this almost feels personal. And we rarely see that with with sisters in Star Wars. So well, especially like Ocho is the one who insisted on Lot being a part of their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love and to see then, like what happened in the in yeah. between time those seven years. Well, exactly, and like I mean, up until this point too, and there's in in what feels like the story, the father hasn't treated Lop like she was necessarily part of the family. She was annoyance who Ocho brought along still, and he like yeah, and he apologizes for it for for favoring yeah. Ocho over Lop, and it's just it's how quickly. How quickly Ocho is to disregard the both of them and really fall into the traps of the Empire. Mm -hmm. And especially because when they came upon that guy, I was like, oh, Ocho, this guy is a villain. He is drawn like a villain. How do you not recognize? Because <laughs> Ocho hasn't seen Star Wars. Oh, that's true. But like that, that smirk, that's a red flag, girl. I mean... Granted, I get it. I love, I love me some of those bad boys. Like, oh my god! <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, it's just 
I was, I, no, I, I, I don't know. It. I felt for Lop. I really felt mm-hmm. for her. And all she wants is her, her I'm going to cry. And all she wants is her family back. Oh. And she might just get it. We don't know. She does say, you know, we're going to be a proper family again. I, I and don't know. until I, I have like... confirmation otherwise, there's no reason they're not a proper family. I don't know. I feel like if it does continue, Ocho's going to realize her lesson and family and then sacrifice herself to save them. Don't. Why would you say that? Why would you put know. that it's out just, in the universe? It's just what came to my head. For reference, please check out our Geeky Waffles episode, Redemption equals death is stupid or something like that. Yeah. Redemption, death as redemption. I don't even remember. I just death have a lot of feelings. Yeah, I know. I'll link it below. You can just click there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to the last, the last short for the season of Visions. Akakiri by Science Saru again. And the voice cast includes Henry Golding as Tsubaki and Jamie Chung as Misa. So Tsubaki is a Jedi who returns to this world he used to be posted on to help defeat the Sith that has taken over the kingdom. And he's reunited, reunited with the princess that he's in love with. And he's having these visions that someone is going to die and he's going to inevitably fall to the dark. And he's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And as much as the Sith keeps taunting him, he's like, it's not going to happen. And then she sort of gets Misa into the same space as them. While he is fighting enemies, he kills Misa and the two of them, according to the notes on Wikipedia, but I didn't realize this was what was happening because I was horrified. The two of them form a dyad to bring Misa back to life in exchange for Tsubaki taking off with Masago the Sith Lord. So here's the thing. How this simultaneously managed to be Anakin and Padme vibes, as well as Obi-Wan and Satine vibes. Thank you! At the same time is absolutely devastating. I was, I finished this short and just sat there and stared at the wall for several hours. I have a lot, I have a lot of feelings about this one, y'all. So I'm going to let you take it first. I put like, I put in my notes, I'm like, Obatine? Is this Obatine? Because I think this is Obi-Wan and Satine. Like, him holding her and like I was like that's giving me flashbacks except you know it broke my heart to stab her <laughs> it broke my because that's the thing is it's Obi-Wan and Satine in that he had to watch her die but it's Anakin and Padme because it's his fault yeah and, his and like he got what Anakin wanted in that he brought her back and he stopped her from dying but they still don't get to be together and like I don't know if that was his intention when he went back for them to be together, but that's like just not an option now because he's apprenticed to the Sith and he just leaves her standing there and walks away. And like, it's not over till somebody disappears into nothingness. And even then it's not over. So I believe in these two, I believe they're going to be together again, but Akakiri devastated me. And it was a very sad note to go out on. Yeah. It was very dark. It was kind of like, um, the Greek mythology of Oedipus. Odysseus. Oedipus? No. Odysseus Rex. Uh, no. Are you thinking Oedip- Orpheus? You're thinking of Orpheus. No, no, not Orpheus. It's the one. It, it's. Uh, what what happens in the myth? Are you talking about o- Oedipus Rex where he has. Oedipus. Oedipus Rex. Oedipus Rex where there's a prophecy. And like his family, he's gonna kill his dad. Yeah, Oedipus. He kills his father and marries his mother. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, pretty much. Yeah, basically, it's like you can't run from your fate because he's like, no, I'm not gonna become evil. And I knew it. I knew she was gonna be in that stupid helmet. I was like, this is not gonna end well. And he kills her. And it it is that whole thing. You can't run away from what you see. And it reminded me of that Greek tragedy. I was like, this is a Greek tragedy in an anime form in Star Wars. The thing is, he can't run away from his fate. But now that he has met his fate and he has followed the Sith, now his fate is open. But could he easily change like the one guy and go purple? That's the thing. I would like to believe that he can. And that like the love for Misa is enough for Tsubaki to come back. But I don't think he will recognize that. I think Misa would need to help him realize he the two doesn't of them have can, to. The two of them can be in on it together. But 
I think he needs to make that realization that he is not resigned to his fate forever. Yes. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, they need to meet in the middle. They do. And then be together forever because episode nine cannot constantly end in tragedy. Anyway. I want, would like it to be a thing now that people, you know, people turning from bad to good being going purple. I like it. I like it. I like I'm it. Going purple. We're going Mace Windu. <laughs> Go Mace Windu. Go purple. Mace Windu needs some love. Okay. So now that we have gone through each of these shorts, the question of canon now comes up. So according to the showrunners, um, as condensed in an article by fellow Waffle Maggie, um, they said that a lot of these are open to interpretation. There are some of them that fit quite neatly in the timeline, like Tatooine Rhapsody. Um, there's nothing in those that couldn't have happened. Things like The Elder also could have happened. They're sort of trying to fit them in. Whereas things like The Twins or The Duel are celebratory expressions of Star Wars. So they're not necessarily something that could neatly fit in the timeline. Mm. So not necessarily. But as I was going through it, because like you both, you both know me, I sort of like to think of things as like the big tapestry and how does it all weave together? And like, I don't think canon or not canon makes it important or unimportant because they're, they're still publishing books like the myth books and the Legends of Luke Skywalker that aren't necessarily true in canon. But I just like to sort of know where I'm living at timeline wise and just sort of how this fits in a big story. And I don't think there's anything in any of these that couldn't have happened at some point. Because especially because they're all like the ones that are so Jedi focused. And we talk about thousands of generations of Jedi. There's no reason this couldn't have happened a thousand years ago or a thousand years from now, like in our current timeline. So what were your thoughts on it? Candace, you're better suited for this than I am. Okay. Well, so I while I was watching it, I was thinking, especially when the twins episode came, I was like, this doesn't really work in the canon, at least in my mind. So what if this is actually like the media the people in the galaxy are making and consuming? Because they don't have like all the information about Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and Leia as twins. Mm, that's and, very true. You know, they they hear like these rumors about Jedi and things like that. It's like their own fiction. Like this is do the you, galaxy's fiction. Do you it think could- that's the only true for the twins in particular? I don't know. A few of them could be. Like, especially especially with the twins, like, they, it could be something like, you know, when you have the Death Star and you have Starkiller Base and it's all these galaxy-destroying weapons and somewhere on the Outer Rim you've got somebody telling the story about, well, yeah, there were these twins created by the dark side and they together could power this ship that could destroy planets. And, like, you're sort of rationalizing the horrors of the government through Mm -hmm. like a legend like this isn't the first time it's happened it's not the last time it's going to happen so i i like that interpretation i think there's definitely room for all of these being like the stories within the story these are the stories that they tell Mm. i i still want some can because i I still want some of them i mean i i I for me personally every single one of them ninth jedi included which i know piper crystal things that don't really work currently canon but if it's thousands of years from now like they could be different so i keep saying now love star wars i know i don't love star wars but long time ago in a galaxy far far away okay i'm gonna say thousands of years from the rise of skywalker which is our latest point in canon so far like it could be a thousand years later we don't know so i think they all could work i think they like as canon i think they could all also work as legends like but i think they do sort of work tonally and logistically within the galaxy far, far away. Yeah, and the galaxy is so big. It's not insane to think there are like Sith Lords or Sith adjacent people All roaming around, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay, but what if, what if Obi-Wan is heading home from Mandalore after Satine dies? And somehow becomes aware of the tale of Subaki and Misa. And he's like, well, at least it wasn't fate. And then three weeks later, Anakin falls to the dark side. And he's like, well, shit. Hey, but maybe somebody heard the story about Obi-Wan and Satine. And then they also heard the one of Anakin and Padme. They combined them into making like this legend. 
of this tragic romance. Yeah. But it's going to end happily ever after, right? I don't know. You have to talk to the writer of that. (laughs) I decided it's going to end happily ever after. Okay. So as a final point, if you had to pick, one seems unfair, so I'm going to give you both two. If you had to pick two that would get continued in some way, shape, or form. Which two would you pick? It could be, and like specify, like, do you want a novel? Do you want a TV show? Do you want like another short? Which two would you pick to continue? I'll go first because I know what mine are. Go for it. Akakiri, obviously. Um, I think it would be fun to continue it as a novel because you can get kind of inside their heads and like that inner darkness and and all that. So I'd love for that to continue. And then the other one I want, I think, would be The Village Bride um, from F's perspective. Because, like, we've kind of resolved, like, Haru and Asu. Like, they're they're happy. They're married. But, like, F kind of, like, her journey pre-order. I, I'm guessing it's Order 66 related. But, like, pre-order 66 and, like, what happened with her master. And then post-66, post-wedding, like, what her life is like. So those are the two. I think Village Bride I would want to see continued as, like, a series. Like, maybe a little anthology style series and then i would want akakiri as a novel who's ready brie okay so i i I do agree with you on the village bride however the two i would pick would be the ninth jedi because i want to follow that story Mm -hmm. i really really do and then uh lop and ocho and i want both of these as a series or a feature film because i mean we do have anime style feature films out there um, because one, I've never read a Star Wars book. Um, That's fair. And and visually, I just think they're. But I know Candace is it's like I'm going to throw apples at you. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but they they work so like you couldn't convey the cool lightsaber thing with the Ninth no. Jedi in in writing. And and those two, I think, are just visually stunning that they deserve, you know, just to have those visuals. So what? those are the two. I really what want. if it's a, like a manga? Yeah, but then they, oh, I didn't even give it, that as an option. Mangas turn into into TV shows all the time. Okay, so <laughs> that and the turn TV show. Okay, okay. Yeah. Wait, did you know there's Star Wars manga now? What? <laughs> I had no idea. Candace, how about you? Uh, yeah, Ninth, Ninth Jedi. Um, I thought the twins was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's a good dramatic one and outrageous and like colorful and i'd like to see them again and figure out like was it palps was it some other evil dude was <laughs> no more palps no more palps okay i'm not some other evil dude some other evil yeah, dude. some other evil dude come on yeah i'm curious like i'm kind of oh god what's the brother's name kare i'm kind of aligned with kare like i want to know why he chose yeah. to change no, not why he chose to change, why they created them at all. Like, I oh, know yeah. to power the crystal and destroy planets and blah, blah, blah. But we know you can do that without. Yeah, people, people. babies. So, like, somebody created them on the dark side specifically, and they're both Force-sensitive specifically. So, like, there's so much why to the twins. Imagine so, toddler twins, dark side babies. There's a reason they're raised by two. droids, because well, people would have died. I will say this, it could be something like Gundam Seed, where I know you two have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. Gundam is the big robot, right? Yeah, yeah. Yay! But um, you did so it! There, there's did Gundam it! Seed and, and Gundam Destiny in particular, and there is a voice of reason, like she has the power of her voice to influence the people, and that's a idol singer named Lacus Klein. They could have been created as to be voices to influence people to join the the sith or the dark side hmm. i don't know could it's one thought i had all right so final thoughts on star wars visions are we hopeful for season two I can't yeah wait for i think season two. I would you want it's been very critically and fan wise um accepted and loved would you want them to continue these stories or like nine, nine, ten, whatever, whole new, whole new stories? Maybe some of them they continue and then some of them are 
Yeah, like I don't think Tattooing Rhapsody needs a sequel as much as I love Tattooing Rhapsody. I don't think it needs another one. No, I feel like they finished their story, yeah. which is fine. I like that. I like that bit of a mix of the two. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for listening. Um, for more from us, you can follow the network at geeky underscore waffle on Twitter. We are the geeky waffle on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash geeky waffle, which you can um, sign up to join our discord and get access to waffles after dark. For more from us, for Space Waffle specific stuff, follow me on Twitter at Arzuameen. I am at Candace is a geek on Twitter. Oh, mine's so hard because my last name and no one can spell it's it. Gonna when I it. It's going to be in the links. It's going to be in the links. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome today. Just just go to that. All right. So thank you so much for listening. Star Wars Visions is amazing, and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>